Welcome to another episode of Rad Talk with Tracy. I'm your host, Tracy Poffenroth Prado. This podcast is all about reactive attachment disorder, or RAD. I'm going to be talking with parents who will be sharing their experiences of what it's like raising a child with RAD. It gets raw and it gets real. I'm also going to be talking with experts from different areas who will be sharing information about RAD, resources, and support. I'm glad you're here. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Rad Talk with Tracy, the podcast. And today is a really interesting interview. If you have been listening to previous podcasts, I have Heather House and her son, Legend, with me together today. So Heather was on a podcast back in, well, the end of January. And Legend was here with his brother, and that was in February. So it's been a while, and we're, we're doing an update. We're going to talk about what's happened since and what, uh, what Legend's been doing. So I'm going to introduce you. Hi, Heather. Hey. Hi, Legend. Hey. Welcome back. Thanks. Thank it's you. good to be here. It's good to have you. I was looking back at, at the episodes because I was thinking, how long has it been? Yeah. And uh, it's been a while. And I talked with you, Heather, about your story from a rad mom perspective. Right. And then I talked with you, Legend, and your brother, kind of what it was like being a sibling because you had reactive attachment disorder. Yep. Right. And I say had. So talk about that. Whoever wants to go, tell me about the had and not has reactive attachment disorder it's kind of in the past so I kind of it's more of me in the present now so last time we talked you were living at home with your mom and your brother and uh, you were about to move out is that right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. so it must have been late 2020 because he moved out before Christmas 2020 so Okay. Yeah. So he, I'll kind of take over and you can, great. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, my life, that yeah. is all. Um, right. So he moved out in December and moved in with um, his oldest brother. And that went really, actually really, really well from a mom's perspective. There was, I mean, I immediately started therapy myself because I thought, okay, I know the oldest one's personality and I know legend's personality and oh my gosh, they're going to call me. And then it's going to be this mama bear, like who I got to protect both of them. How do I, you know, this whole thing. And, but I was able to kind of learn to just let it go. Just if you wait a minute, it all kind of works itself out. But there were a couple of times, which it was really good. Legend is now living with us again and getting ready to, he'll move out again, but on his own this time in our same state instead of across the country. But his purpose, his, his going there was, I don't know that there was a purpose, but it, well, my purpose was to fix my relationship with him. So, okay. So that was successful. And before they ruined their relationship after it had gotten good, he decided it should be probably time to head back, time to head back. The two of them decided we're getting along fine now, but living together probably isn't the greatest. Um, and in all honesty, I mean, they're, they're boys, they're 20 sums and 18 brothers. Yeah. It's, you know, and yeah, so they did really well. It was very 
good for legend to be there because all of a sudden, I think the biggest thing that happened, which was probably the like showstopper that everyone stopped me after I said this and said, do you realize what just happened? And I'm like, I know, but like, even my husband was emotional about it. There, there was a discussion that needed to be had by him and his brother and he panicked and he called me and said, we have to talk about money and da, 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 da. And I'm broke. And I'm like, I know how much you went with, how are you broke? But ironically, that conversation, only rad parents will appreciate this. I said, how are you broke? You've only spent X in rent since you've been there and you took X. And so that's, that's a $2,000 difference. Like, how do you, what happened? And I immediately said, what happened to the other $2,000? And he started, I don't know. I did, 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 did. Well, then I paused. Do you remember this? I paused in this conversation and I said, wait a minute, look at your bank account. How much money do you have? And he goes, I have $3,500. And I'm like, you only took 4,000. Like you've only spent $500 and it's a thousand dollars a month rent. You've been there two and a half months. Obviously you're working and making money, but as a rad parent, I took not even as a rad parent, but as a rad child panic, I'm broke. This is a problem. I don't know what to do. And, and then I suddenly picked up with he's broke, doesn't know what to do, blah, 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 but he wasn't broke. So when I stopped and said, look at your bank account, and then I was like, all right, you had 10 minutes to have a pity party of one. And then you're going to write your budget down and you're going to write your, you know, what you have in the bank down. And then you're going to have a conversation with your brother. And he's only trying to light a fire under your backside to go get a job. And that's all he's doing. Most people. And then I said, I'll give you 10 minutes for your pity party. And then we're going to not play the victim. And he was like, what do you mean? It's always me going, quit playing the victim legend. And I said, you're thinking this is something being done to you. Your brother is trying to help you. He's not your dad. Man up, speak up for yourself and fix it. When, when people get this feeling that you have, it usually, quite frankly, makes them mad. And then they, you know, get mad enough to go, take action. And I said, that's what your brother's doing to you. He's trying to light a fire under you. And so make it happen. And so like the next week, the dude's got two jobs and yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Two jobs working from eight in the morning to about 10 o'clock at night. Wow. Yeah. You didn't mess around legend. You took it seriously and yeah, I was, went yeah. for it. Yeah. Two jobs. Yeah. He did yeah, good. Monday through Sunday. Monday wow. Through Sunday. Yeah. Not even a day off. So legend, how long were you out there living with your other brother? About seven months. Seven months. That's we'll a see. long time. Oh, seven and a half. Yeah. Seven and a half. Yeah. Okay. And this was a brother who was already out of the house and you didn't have a great relationship with him. And so you went out. What was the, I know we talked about it in the last episode, but that was way back in January what made you both decide that this was going to happen, that you were going to move out and your brother was okay with it? Well, it was kind of like a invitation for say. Um, your brother invited you? Yeah. Bottom line was he needed someone else to move in. So he goes, I'd like to give him another shot. So he went ahead and called me one day and said, would you like to move in? And I said, sure. So my intent or my goal going out there was to fix the relationship right. with him and was there for seven months. And so tell me how it felt <clears throat> packing your 
bags. How did it feel when you were leaving? And did you fly out there? And what was this your first time flying somewhere alone? Or what, we, what or were I, you feeling? I flew out there and um, it was a little hard leaving, you know, because it's kind of like, oh, I'm leaving. I'm going to be halfway across the country, you know. And then I was, it was also, you know, a little bit nerve wracking moving in with him, just for, <laughs> you know, because I haven't seen, I haven't seen him in probably a good chunk. So it was also, you know. And he's intense. That brother's very intense. Okay. In some situations, but. <laughs> and you're um, not moving in as close friends. You've still got some stuff to work on. So that would be awkward, right? right? Yeah. So yeah, I flew out there by myself and it was, it was nerve wracking to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I can see how it would be for sure. We talked about just like, oh, when he was still at home right before he left. So for Thanksgiving, right around, right before Thanksgiving, he went out to make a visit or to to visit his brother. And then they called me from there and asked, you know, do do you care? And I'm like, no. And and mom, you're not, you're, we're not getting as much resistance from you as we thought you should. And I said, really? Like you want to take the kid that's made me crazy for 12 years. You want to move him with you? Right. He'll be, be there same day. Let me day. help exactly. you. Him. I will drive him there. <laughs> and I said, the only problem I have is you're not taking the sister and I can't be an empty nester yet. You know, like, <laughs> but it, it was getting not good at home and, and not, in a bad way, but I noticed that we start falling in, we started falling back into our old ways and doing the bait and switch. I talked about that on our last podcast. And, and so it was good. His dad kept saying to him, you're burning your bridges. You're not going to be able to come back home. You're burning your bridges. And, and my husband's listening to me, like, don't let him move back home. And he can never come back. And, you know, and then my husband's going, you need to put that in writing because when he wants to come home, you're going to make you know, you're going to say, well, he's changed. He's so much better. And I'm going to be the bad guy. You know, you know how that goes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I, I didn't really put it in writing, honestly, but what experiences there were probably three monumental experiences that he had out there that were growth and change and panic. And how do I handle this? And all three of them, mom, I need you to call me right now. I would get a text. I need to call right now. And, or he would call me and it would just be bleh. And he would yeah. tell me everything, like never lied about any of the situations. Wow. Just, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle it. So by putting himself in a situation like that, it was really heartwarming just the first time it happened, but to have him, that's what kids do. They, and in my house, it's so funny because my boys will tell me something. And then I'm like, did you tell your dad? And they're like, no, I thought you would like, <laughs> oh, you did X, Y, Z. You got a new job. Did you tell your dad? No, I thought you would, you know, it's oh, like yeah, mom tells yeah. dad everything. And yeah. it's, it's been like that for 25 years. I don't know why, <laughs> but it was interesting because that was not legend and I's relationship before he would talk to dad. He really wouldn't talk to anybody, but he would talk to dad a little bit, but that was it. And so when he calls me and then, so we kind of built that relationship. And so when he, it was time to come home and, and that was happening, he's like, I don't know if I can move home. And, and I know I burnt my bridges. And I said, are you doing drugs? Like my rules are you can't live at home if you're doing drugs. Like if, you know, but come home and 
get a job and we'll finish doing the things we needed to do. Get a driver's license, get a job, get your you know, bank account moved back over here. We'll look for a room for you to rent, you know? And so originally we had a, a one month goal and then we learned very quickly that that wasn't going to happen, that it takes a <laughs> one month for an 18 year old to get enough driving lessons to go get his driver's license. So they're very booked around here. So, but also while living out there with him, I have learned a lot of things too, that I was missing out here. So for instance, mom making dinner, I would go, I wouldn't really clean up dishes after, yeah, you know, yeah. but while I was over there, the rule was that they would clean, they would, or he would make dinner and I would clean up dishes. So that was a every night thing. And so I got it, got in that habit of doing that. And there was expectations for chores around the house that needed to be done before a certain day. And if not, there would have been a sat down conversation or, and if it kept on going, there would have been a consequence, you know, typical right. things, but. So he was, look, my oldest was kind of playing the big brother parent yeah. role, but not wanting to parent, but still knowing that you're essentially asking a 14 year old to move in with you as an adult. And, and so I called it kind of like a drill sergeant. like yeah. your chores need to be done by this date or there will be consequences. And nobody wants to sit down and have a conversation with him. Right. Like when you're, when you've disappointed him, it's not yeah. fun, you know? Yeah. So, so, but I've also gotten to those habits of you know, cleaning up after dinner and stuff like that. So, so legend, would you do that when you were living at home with your mom? <laughs> Before? No, no. Okay. No. Shockingly, he always had to go to the bathroom after dinner. Yeah. So could help yeah. With we had that, that problem in our house too. too. <laughs> and just long enough for everything to <laughs> finish. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Eventually my grandfather said, it'll, it'll be here when you get back. We'll just yes. leave it for yeah. you. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. So legend, but, why not? What was the difference? Or can you, do you know, what was the difference that when you moved out, you were doing it with your brother and on your own versus at home? It was part of the reason, um, to be honest with you, it was yeah. half of it was, it wasn't mom. It wasn't dad. The yep. other half was, it was also my older brother. And if I didn't do any, if I didn't do what he asked, then there would have been some talk or conversation and I didn't want to hear it. So <laughs> yeah. Like your mom was saying. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, gotcha. But those skills and those repeated habits, when I moved back here, it's been oh, I'll know the dishwasher or when, when being asked or, oh, I'll clean up after dinner. And wow, like I'm being asked because today yeah. I started unloading the dishwasher and you've shooed me away and said, I got yeah. this. Yeah. I was like, adios. I'm out. Like <laughs> I've been unloading dishwashers and cooking dinner for 28 years. I'm good. Yeah. And how does it feel for you, Heather? What have you noticed that's different and how, well, how is it having legend back? I'm going to go forward and backwards okay. kind of all in the same conversation because so having him back, it's been good. We had a very full house the night he got back. We had friends from out of state in. So he's like sleeping on the couch. And, you know, then we got him in the other room and organized and whatever. And I made kind of a little like, I realized that living with his brother, there was a list of expectations. And so I made my list of expectations. And I even went as far as like, do you want this on a checkoff chart? You know, like, so you can keep yourself organized and whatnot, because that's part of what happens is, a little ADHD comes in and then you're like, oh, I forgot, I forgot. And, or I'll do it later. I mean, that's, we all do that. I'll do it later, you know, and then it doesn't get done or whatever. Right. But um, while he was gone, our podcast came out while he was gone, something else happened 
I, I don't remember what else happened, but I got two exceptionally long text messages. In fact, one was I was on a plane, you know, COVID masks on and we land and my phone chimes and I start reading the text and I'm like, <gasps> and I start crying and everyone looks at me like there's been some, and I'm like, just pull the mask over my whole eyes now, you know, <laughs> but it was this long text that he had listened to the podcast and it was, I, I kept a screenshot because it was like, I'm sorry for everything that I put you through. I'm sorry that I did that before I left. Now it makes sense. I'm able to see it from the outside. You know, I didn't want to listen to it, but I kept going. And I mean, so many things that he said that just warmed my heart. Like we don't get those things when we're living with rad children and, and a, many, 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 the majority don't ever get that from their rad children. And even with biological or neurotypical children, we always say, you know, parenting's so hard and you're not going to get your reward till like, you know, decades from now, you know? And, and so ironically over the course of the time that he was gone, I said to my husband a couple of times, I think that stinking kid's going to make us the proudest. Like when it's all said and done, he's going to outshine the others. And I don't really mean it like one's better than the other, right. but no, my other boys all along have always thank you, mom, for this or, or appreciative or, you know, whatever. And there was such a long period of time when not only was legend not appreciative, nobody could talk. It was trauma in the household. There's, you know, essentially mental and emotional and psychological domestic violence in our home for nine, 10 years. Right. And so pretty soon no one's talking. And so when he's saying these things, it's just really nice. And I shared them with, you know, my husband and my other son, well, both of the other kids, because I wanted them to see the change and the growth because mm. those text messages to me aren't seen by anybody else, you know? So he wouldn't, they wouldn't know like, oh, okay. And in all honesty, in fact, we just were talking um, to Forrest who was legends, you know, therapist when he was in treatment and let Forrest was laughing because he said, I remember you, like we talked about what it was like to come to send, take him to treatment. And I was like, oh, he wasn't coming home. I never wanted to see him again. And Legend's <laughs> like, I never wanted to go home. I never wanted to see them again, you know? And I remember even when Legend was ready to, you know, making progress, I was like, no way, he's not coming home. I don't want to see him again. I can't, you know? And it, it was about being like, for so I says, a mama bear. Like, I didn't realize that I wasn't protecting the other children because I didn't realize what was happening. So then when I realized it, I felt this unnatural, responsibility to not only I had to fix everything that had gone wrong and then protect everyone going forward. And mm. I couldn't have the source of the issue come back because I didn't know how to, you know, protect everyone or, or whatever. So I don't know, we got off topic, but it was kind of like, it was a, so him coming home was kind of the sick coming home from treatment and then leaving and then coming back home this time we've learned a lot. Like yeah. we decided, Hey, you know what? We don't want to fall back into the same old routine. So let's get back into therapy. And a uh, shockingly, he's an adult now. So mom doesn't have to do therapy with him. Woot, woot. I have yeah. my, I have my own therapy, you know? Nice. Um, but then were you anxious with him coming home this time? I was not, no, I was I was not. And I had several people ask me like, they would text me, you know, I know he's coming home. I'm praying for you, this and that. And I was not anxious at all this time. 
there was maybe a little bit of me that was like, not even apprehensive, but trying to make sure that I remained cognizant of not falling into our old behaviors because it is so easily done. And I mean, it's been like 10 days, something like that, 12 days. I don't know. I mean, it's pretty new, but even one night I was putting my daughter to bed and I came by and I said something and and he's 18 and yes, he's 18 in physicalness and experientially probably 35, but there's still that, you know, those experience those developing. And so the comment, it was a super sassy comment. It was a classic 16, <laughs> 17 year old smart Alec comment to mom. And I just walked away and I went downstairs and I was venting to my husband. Like I have two toddlers in this house, blah, 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 blah. And I go to bed and I wake up the next morning to a text that he, that legend had texted me. And at the end, he said, I'm sorry about my comment. I should have just not even said that and gotten up and done it. And I was like, and that's where I see growth between both of us because I didn't sass him back. I didn't smart off back to him. I just walked away yeah. and I didn't have to say anything. He has empathy and feelings now. Yeah. So that was huge. And I mean, huge. He- so I just have to say as a rad mom, not feeling an ounce of angst or fear or anxiety (laughs) with your child coming back home. That really says it all to me. I mean, if that's not healing and And for both of you, a lot of self-care while he was gone and a lot of that involved getting medication and getting help for the PTSD and the anxiety now. And, you know, those kind of things. So, and therapy. Yeah. And he, you know, and so I've been trying to really focus on, I can't expect him to have done all this work and he made the choice to do all the work. And as a parent, I made the choice. We made the choice to adopt him and he didn't choose us. So he was kind enough, wise enough, or just pure, I don't know what enough to decide (laughs) that he's going to get better. So I'm not going to be the person that remains the same old parent I was you know, because he changed and he grew. And so it, I think though, for any rad parent, what I caught myself that one night was instantaneously, the sass dropped me right back down to, oh, these rad, you know, blah, 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 like that whole mentality. Right back. Yeah. All of it comes rushing back, you know, but you know, we all laugh because I mean, it was 17 before he got a cell phone. Yeah. And even now, like you're a person who had rad and he's got like full reign of computer, his computer. And I mean, because at some point you have to adult, I can't protect you from everything, but the invent, not the invent, but the addition of having a phone allowed him to text me. So a couple of times we've had tough conversations that we didn't have to have face to face because we could text it and then work. Then everything was out and then we could talk about it. Does that yeah. make, yeah. I have time to dwell on it and then re. And that feels good for you too, legend. Yeah. Yeah. Be defensive. And, yeah. And so impressed that, you know, if I look back, even at our conversation before you left, there was a lot of growth, even, I mean, I didn't know you before that, but I know you had already done a lot of work and really grown, but just to be able to think of a situation, analyze it and consider your part in it. And like you say, Heather, to have that empathy and understanding to go back and apologize or acknowledge it 
Again, that's huge. (laughs) Huge. And it has been, I mean, he was offered experiences at his brother's that, you know, he messed up. And instead of a parent trying to help him cover it, you know, his brother like called him out on it and then said, you have to go talk to the other person. And I remember him texting me, I'm going to throw up. I've got to talk to someone, (laughs) but I guess I have to do this because then I won't want to feel this way again. And I was like, the connected that wisdom in knowing, I mean, no one likes, no one likes to be called out onto something you did and no one, it's hard to say you're sorry. And it's, yeah, you know, it and, is even and, for adults. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's had a lot of growth. Yeah. And fast forward back in time or rewind or no, actually, or, oh, yeah, fast forward. or, or to the present day, I guess. Um, about was it like four, four days in here, back here, home? here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My oldest brother was telling me, he goes, you need to get the stuff done while you're there you know you get your license your job and you know he's encouraging me to get that stuff done and because uh, when I moved out there with him the first time um, I wasn't really motivated to get that job or whatever so he had to have that co- talk with me so he gave me a little pep talk before I left you know he goes you need that stuff done so I was like okay so like four days into me moving back here I've already had my permit um, waiting on the driver's people you know, I already have my job lined up once I get my driver's license yeah I was like he need, I called him the other day he goes he was really proud of you saying you know that's good job and good movement you know but that is so impressive so impressive and that initiative to do it too so I have a question about so you had some hard times with your brother did you and you worked through them did you leave on on good terms yes good yeah. terms yeah he even, he even said that, you know, what did he say to you? Did he? Well, when he called to say, basically, I'm sending him home. There was just, <laughs> he's gone. And yeah. the, the girlfriend had said, can you give him two weeks? Give your mother two weeks. Like, and wow. so, you know, <laughs> he job, so, you know, like you just can't up and leave. So yeah. two weeks he had to leave, he had to move out. So it was either move home or move to another apartment. And in the state he was in was astronomically expensive. So sure. You know, that's not really the best. But when my oldest called me, he was very upset. And I was like, all I could think is, oh my goodness, this whole thing that we've built, like all of a sudden I'm as a, I'm an only child and I've always wanted a big family. Mm-hmm. And so I have three boys and a, and a daughter, like I should have three daughter-in-laws at some point in my life and another son, like I should have these family events. And all I could think is they're not even going to be on the same, be able to be in the same room again. And so all I asked my oldest was, can you please be civil? Can you just get to a point where you could be in the same house without us walking on eggshells? Mm -hmm. And then he was like, yeah, 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 mom, it's fine. And I kept thinking, I don't know. And he called his dad because well, because I had said everything and my oldest felt the need to call his dad. And the only thing he said to his dad was, I don't hate him. We, it isn't ruining our relationship. I'm sending him home before it ruins our relationship Mm -hmm. because we've man, we have a good relationship and I don't want to ruin that. And then he called me and told me the same thing. And at that point I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. Everything, you know, which was very wise for both of them. And a little bit of me was like, People say, you know, like, why did your oldest want to move out? And I go, because everybody thinks they can do it better than their parents. Right. 
I mean, and he did a good job. He did do a great job. Yeah. He didn't get the same crazy rad kid I got, but he got his own, like he had to work through his own because he's the only kid left or the only person in the family left that really hasn't worked through his trauma. Uh-huh. Yeah. And as we talked before, my oldest and I were the targets of all the abuse, right? my husband and my middle son were not. And then when my daughter came along, she was in a different realm. She was caught in the crossfire because if if he was, if the disorder was mean to her, it got to me. And so by proxy, she was kind of in the abuse too. And so it was interesting. He's been able to, the oldest has been able to kind of work through some of that that's tough to do when it's living in your house. It's so hard to do when it's in your house. And two yeah. things come to mind. I like what you said about the disorder. And it reminds me of a friend who used to work with people at a really kind of a residential treatment center for people with eating disorders. And I remember it was very important for them to separate the person from the disorder. So is that what you're doing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because and, and I had a mom who was very ill and, and multiple transplants. And she was like, I am not a kidney, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, I never realized it, but when you, when your whole life is revolving around something and for legend, his whole life is revolved around trauma. Mm-hmm. I mean, in all, on all levels. And, and it wasn't like, you know, now you've gotten that fixed. You don't want to just keep getting thrown no. back into it and thrown back. You don't into want it, it to define you either. Right. That was yeah. Breast cancer. I remember having a hard time for a long time wearing pink because I, I had battled it and gotten through it. And then I didn't want it to become me. My whole life is about right. cancer. You want to walk away from that and move forward. Right. So I totally get that. The other thing, this has nothing to do with rad And legend, you probably won't even understand this. There used to be a show called Happy Days. And I was thinking about how your brother called and said, he's got to go. We've got to get legend somewhere else before it gets bad. And Happy Days, they did an episode for their very last episode. And it was where Fonzie jumped the shark. He was water skiing and he jumped over a shark. And so it's really well known because they they didn't end the season before it got cheesy. Like they went too far and then it was too much. They should have stopped the series a couple of episodes sooner. So it would have ended on a better note and everybody would have remembered it a little classier maybe, or whatever you want to call it. So it makes me think of you guys, you guys jumped the shark or you didn't jump the shark. You got there, but got out before they had to jump the shark. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So that's really good insight and instinct and really caring of your brother too, to realize, Hey, I still want you in my life. And this is how we're going to make it work without it getting getting worse. Yeah. And then he was able to, you know, like there were actions at that home that caused this reaction. Mm -hmm. And so instead of, I mean, there was one moment when I got a text, never mind. I know I'm, I just, I've messed up everything. I don't need to come home. I'm just, you know, and my heart was broken and I just texted him back and I said, don't take your brother's junk on. Mm-hmm. He, he is spewing this out because it's his junk and you don't have to take it. You didn't, no one is dead. That is like I say all the time, is anyone dead? No. Like, <laughs> is anyone dead? If no one's dead, we can fix it or we can get through it or we can, yep. you know, but no one's dead. So, and then it was like, it's, it's, it should be the rad parenting motto. Is anyone dead? <laughs> or the, you know, yeah. 
I was wearing my t-shirt. We had, you know, your rad mom, if, or, you know, and it's like, I'm like, oh, the things I could say, I probably shouldn't wear this out in public (laughs) because people would think you're, well, they do think I'm crazy. So it doesn't matter, Uh, but yeah. So we try to separate the disorder and then it's kind of like, it's kind of like cancer though, because you know, when you turn 18, you don't have that diagnosis anymore. It can become something else. But I think right now, like, I don't know what he would, what kind of diagnosis, if anything, it would be because now it's just, it's, it's just nothing. Yeah. It's just learning you know, and remembering that I'm looking at this kid bigger than me, mm-hmm. ginormous <laughs> shoes. <laughs> and I'm like, I have to remember there's a lot of ages swirling around in there. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of ages. And so I have to remember that just because I'm looking at this 18 year old doesn't mean mm-hmm. That's what I'm, that's what I'm actually getting right now. And his dad just had a couple of, a little conversation with him and I heard his answers and I was dying because (laughs) my husband walks in and I'm like, you didn't get there. You didn't get through. (laughs) And he's like, what? And I said, was that the truck? No, it was just the deodorant. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Oh yeah. And I was like, "Mm -mm, didn't hear you there. That where you were aiming for, you missed. (laughs) Like it wasn't received in the same way, but good, good try. You know, we'll try again. that was met with what? <laughs> I was like, it, it was said to an 18 year old and I'm thinking maybe a 16 year old heard us, but Hey, we'll say it again when the 18 right. year olds are on. Yeah. You know? Right. It's news to me. And at our house, <laughs> at our house, when the, when you get old enough to be an adult, I say that in quotations, which is whether you're 18 or not is when like, you're no longer in school and you're an adult, you know, you're, you're able to take care of yourself. So yeah. we have these things called friend ears. Uh. And that means they tell mom things that some moms never, ever, ever, ever want to know. Okay. But I, I listen because that's how you become friends with your kids once they're old enough. Right. Mm -hmm. But him and my middle son, so him and Landon, Landon works from home. I work from home, (laughs) legends home. And some of the lunchtime conversations, I'm all (laughs) like, my ears are bleeding. (laughs) But just to listen to the two of them or like one, I came home from a meeting yesterday and legends truck was gone. And Landon was supposed to be at his second job and his car was here. And I walk in and I said something to my husband, he goes, Oh, the boys just went blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? They're just like, like that. You just miss those normal brotherly things. Yes. And I was going to ask that when you brought up Landon, because that was a little strained too. I mean, your relationship had gotten better and was good, but there was still some work to be done. And now you're hanging out and you're both working from home. How is it going with, with Landon, your other brother? It's definitely, I, I mean, he, he has opened up, I feel like personally, and, um, in the result of my actions and ways. So he's being uh, comfortable around me. And, um, but him and I will joke around, like mom said during lunchtime, when, you know, but we'll go out and I have my permit right now. So I can't really drive with anyone, you know, over the age of 20 or under the age of 21. So he'll go ahead and I'll need to go somewhere. He'll go, yeah, I'll go with you. Or like the yesterday he would say, he said, yeah, I'll go with you to go grab a part for your truck or something like that. Wow. He went with me and we headed out there, had some good talks and it was just fun. Yeah. Would that have happened before? 
or as much? It wouldn't happen as much, very, yeah. very little. I right. Believe. Yeah. I think before too, it would have been, it would have been almost a, something that was like lightly given, like, I'll give you a little time and then I'm going to pull it back. Like the snail kind of gets out of its shell and then it goes back in. For retreats. Yeah. Right. I see. And I was, I remembered something I was going to get to too, is that I think because my other children were older and were protecting me, I mean, that's what they've said in multiple interviews and, and whatnot. It was protecting mom, although they mm-hmm. couldn't because blessedly legend was not violent aside from trying to drown me in a swimming pool and cleaning the toilet with my toothbrush. Hey, minor details. <laughs> oh gosh. But it wasn't the every day. That- <laughs> At least we can laugh now, Only right? Only a can laugh. Only a parent can laugh and some I can't are so right all the time. They're oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I didn't, it was very, it was one of those, it was the unknown. I always say it was like the devil lived in our home and no one could see it. Mm-hmm. And so we're protecting it from something we did not know. And I noticed that right, wrong, or indifferent as I, like it, when legend was coming home, I went to Lo- Landon and I said, legend's coming home, but X, Y, Z, like mm-hmm. these are what I'm seeing. This is the good. This is what's going to happen. And he's like, okay. But I was like saying he's coming home. Cause I wanted him to know it's not an option. We're family. We work right. through it, but like, are you concerned? Are there any, you know, issues or this or that? But when they notice that mom says it's okay, mom's okay with mom is, you know, it's that old adage. If mom isn't happy, no one's happy. Right. But from a rad perspective, if mom is allowed, once I would, I will say if mom is allowed to feel this once everyone could acknowledge the elephant in the room Mm -hmm. and that mom wasn't crazy and that what she was feeling really was happening Mm -hmm. and everybody could say that and understand that then it's okay for mom to say if it's okay, right, you know, right. because if I say it's okay, they all know, like, I, I, it must I be it okay. Out. Yeah. You were the one who were the target. Yeah. Because I, I got him out. I yeah. mean, we laughed yeah. when he turned 18. He said, I bet the stage's been on your, what I said, no, I said, he said something to me one day about it being a, a date on your calendar that's been date on my yeah. calendar. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, for like three <laughs> years, it's been the countdown. Okay, Rad Parents, I want to ask you, are you looking to escape or even run from your Rad Parent life for a while? Maybe you're in desperate need of some solitude and you time, craving some serious TLC and pampering, someone taking care of you for a change. What a concept. And you know what? You deserve it. I want to tell you that our solo parent retreat is here, the Taos Tiny House Retreat for Tired Parents. It's designed just for you, rad moms, rad dads, and rad parent couples. It's fully customizable. You can just come and hide away and take time for yourself, or you can be treated like royalty and be pampered. All the services from yoga and meditation to breath work and more. You choose. You get to choose. Check it out. Do something for yourself. Take a break. You deserve it. RadTalkWithTracy.com. But when he turned 18, he wasn't living with us. And I had a really cute little Facebook post and little pictures of him. But I went back and found little pictures from when he was, you know, first came to our house. And I was like, there's the little boy that that came to our house, you know, and 
And it was, it was cute because I had spent so many years waiting for that day and so many years waiting for him to turn 18, but they weren't because I was going to be happy or proud of him. They were because get out sayonara. Don't let the door hit you. Yeah. I'm free. Right. But knowing all along that at 18 without, I mean, even now, I mean, honestly, he could go out and live on his own and he would be fine. Mm -hmm. It's good that he's going to be closer to home because then we can help a little bit, but they're not ready to just, I don't know any kid that is ready to just get out the door at 18 and they do, you know, but it's like, but they're really not ready. Yeah. No. And so rad kids just aren't ready, but it's Uh -uh. like, but they're never going to learn until they go bump their head. Do it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even your move, even moving in with your brother, there were still bumps and yeah. You know, like, it'd be like, well, that's what happens when I sleep, uh, stay on my phone all night and sleep in, and then I don't get my chores done. And then everybody's mm-hmm. mad at me. Well, there's yeah. a consequence, you know, that mm-hmm. yeah. it's those natural consequences that we have to let happen that are so hard. Yeah. Well, I love that the two of you can joke. I mean, you know, <laughs> legend you're, you're hearing some pretty, they could be harsh things, but you guys have worked together. I love that you just take it in stride and you get it. And you're at this place now where you can look back and make jokes about the calendar. And you know that that was real at one point, but you also yeah. know that you're not in that place. Maybe it's him with it on his calendar. Get away from this get woman. Out, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's so wonderful, but I feel so afraid to share because to me, so for all the things he learned from the podcast with me, the Mm -hmm. thing that was like actually resounded within the rad community for anyone that's listened was his words. I made the choice to make a change. And that was what his therapist told him. You have to make the choice to make the change. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you could be the most wealthy person on earth with a rad kid and get them the best therapy if they don't want to change they're not going to change that's exactly where it's so hard because we don't go into this thinking I'm just going to get this kid a roof over his head till he's 18 the next 12 years and boot him out you know and and we can see that they're making all these terrible choices and kids with an attachment feel bad if they hurt their parents Mm -hmm. kids without attachment don't care so when you're saying you're breaking my heart they're like fantastic that's what I was hoping to do like exactly who cares my heart doesn't exist you know or you cry in front of them and there's zero emotion no versus uh your neurotypical kid would start feeling bad and probably cry too right yeah yeah he's looking at me he's telling me like if my neurotypical children look at me in the eye they can't lie to me. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, with my rad kid, and I've noticed so far, historically stating from all the people that I've talked to, if they're looking at you, they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if he can't look at you, he's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And once I learned mm-hmm. that, I was like, oh, you know. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> that's really good for people to hear. I think that's a yeah, a great thing for parents to hear and to watch and, for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cuz someone looking at you, that's a very intimate very very intimate experience yeah. both ways. Mm-hmm. And that gets deep into their little disturbed heart, you know, and they're and that's I mean, if you think about how they all got to where they are, there was trauma and there somebody who looked them straight in the eye and did terrible things, psychologically, mm-hmm. emotionally, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. And it's now very I get to, interesting. 
relive rad every day, every day, <laughs> every day. I think, you know, you were saying you didn't want to share it or you get nervous, but I think it's really good for people to hear. And the few, I guess, adults now, but you know, kids that grew up with rad that did recover and get better or improve or whatever you want to call it to some degree, right? They've all said that. And that's one question I always ask because as a rad parent myself, and I'm not in that situation where, um, you know, my child has made a choice or they've made a choice to not make a choice, I guess. Right. right? <laughs> but I, I, I think every parent wants to know what's that magic secret. What's the secret to getting better and legend. We talked about that in, in that episode. And you were one of the kids that said, you know, when I say, is it a choice when it comes down to it? Totally. It, yeah. It's a choice. So and he even said, I didn't, I made the choice, not because I wanted to come home to, to us, but mm-hmm. because he just didn't want to go find another family. Mm. And, and we, I laugh. I mean, I'm thankful, but I totally <laughs> get that too. And I don't really care why you chose to do the work because you're only right. hurting yourself if you don't yeah. do the work, you know? Yeah. It's really not about you anymore. It's about you legend or the right. person with reactive attachment disorder. Yeah. And I think that's not what you realize, you know, when you're doing all these things, it's hard to see from an outside perspective that it is hurting you, but that's hard to see when you're, when you're in it and that's all, you know, and that's how you've functioned. And there was a question I asked him, I think when you came back or right before I said, what was it like at Mm -hmm. home when you were, you know, in the throes of rad, did you know, what was your answer? about did you know that there was a problem like that it wasn't right I knew I knew something wasn't I mean there was it was like something like you can't put your mind to right something was was off but you can't put your finger on it exactly yeah and you can't figure out like he just he told me too he goes like my brothers weren't getting in trouble for these things and I knew like I could see (laughs) what to do yeah but couldn't do it you Hmm. know and why don't you think you could do it? What held you back from actually, you knew what to do, but you couldn't do it. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it just, honestly, it just felt like there was a block of a stone wall right in front of it and I couldn't get through it. So I just gotcha. gave up. Mm-hmm. So. Like you get to that point, but then you're blocked. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And it would be a lot of work to go through all those emotions. It's a lot of work. Yeah. To let yourself open up. And you know? eventually those walls get thicker as you keep blocking them out. And then you're yeah. You're in a prison. prison. Yeah. Well, it's something that the viewers can't see, but I think you just noticed what I did when it got tough for him. Did you yeah, see what I did? I did? She yeah. rubbed his back. And and he didn't even yeah. freak out. But no. I know when it gets tough, like that was one of our things in therapy. I had to like, it was so awkward. Like at the beginning, <laughs> our therapist would be like, put your arm around him. I'm like, gross. Oh, <laughs> and so hard. Like, I don't want to, right? No, I don't, I don't want, want to. to. But we kept doing that and kept doing that and working through things. And so, and then we had a really amazing experience where I was so mad at our therapist. Like she threw all this stuff out. Like I was like, you're being mean to him, you know, but she did it 
She put mm-hmm. him under pressure so that his dad and I, he, so that he could see his dad and I come around him and protect him from what she was bringing up and not, she was not mean, but no, he, just setting it up. Yeah. Right. She set it up and we didn't know, nobody knew it was coming and he mm. was so mad afterwards, but I saw like a moment of, he realized because you have to, he, they have to, for him, he had to feel that we could protect him. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't there for six years. We weren't there when right. police were, you know, pulling him out of a house where he's not being taken care of and he's standing all alone by a police car, you know, and it's dark and rainy or whatever was going on. And we're not there. And you just start to build your own little perception of things, you know? Mm-hmm. And so by doing that, and so I catch myself a lot now, like he came up, you were, is you just the other day, he goes, I have not hugged you since you've, uh, since I've been home. And he came and got a hug for me. Wow. It was like, oh, okay. But you know, how does it feel legend? Yeah. Yeah. And for a rad parent, it wasn't weird. It wasn't, it didn't feel funny. It wasn't, it wasn't like a just natural. Yeah. Yeah. Wet noodle hug. Yeah. Yeah. And how does it feel for you legend? Like your mom just rubbed your back to try and make you feel better. And are you feeling that sense of closeness now that you didn't have or a little bit more or Absolutely, comfort? Yeah. I, mean, I felt like before I felt like I'm backing away slowly trying to get <laughs> out of the situation, but now I'm like, Oh, it's, I feel that, you know, affection and love coming from mom. So I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You know, it's kind of like a newborn, you know, wanting to be changing diapers. No. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a newborn wanting to be held and right wants the attention i'm like i'm not saying i'm a newborn but um <laughs> it feels like, like a person. but yeah, yeah but it's the whenever if she rubs my back or gives me a hug i'm like okay i'll accept it right you know, there's no hesitation or anything and are you able to look back now and are you able to see or feel that it was lonelier when you couldn't accept that are you able to kind of feel something different now and look back and go, oh, wow, I was really missing out. This is actually yeah. good. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of, it's like, I'll come home or even the, even the phone calls mom had with me while I was living with my brother, he, you know, stuff would go on or something and um, she'll, she'd say, I love you or something like that. And I would feel like I was standing right in front of her. Oh, and it felt good. Comforting. Yeah. 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 And for the record, because I think it should go on record. I cannot, as a mother, I do not drive with any of my children when they have their permits. (laughs) I had to, now here's irony. The year my oldest got his permit was the year that there was an incident at a swimming pool in which my <laughs> foot became broken. And right. for the entire summer, I couldn't drive. Right. And my oldest was getting his license. And so he had to drive us around. And that way, like, was so nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't drive with my other other son when he was getting his license. And so legend got his permit and I pulled in our neighborhood and pulled over and I'm like, you want to drive and driving my car. And he's like super nervous. And I'm like, but you did it. So we get home and we tell dad, my husband, he goes, I drove. And my husband looked at me. I'm like, no one yelled and no one died. Like, we made it, you know? And so it's been, it's been funny because I've gone out in this truck. It doesn't have air conditioning. And it's like, super hot 100 degrees oh, right? Human. terrible, terrible. 
sweating, but we're mm-hmm. riding in his truck because he can practice driving. And he's actually a really good driver, like really good. And even his brother, the middle one who has ridden with him, um, is an amazing driver. Like that yeah. kid could drive a race car out of a can. I mean, the kid oh can drive anything, anyway, whatever. And he goes, he's a really good driver. And so that was, that was really neat. You know, yeah. I was really concerned about the whole. I was concerned too with all the whole, uh, multitasking, multitasking <laughs> whole, uh, holding in anger. And that's what I was mostly concerned yeah. about. I sometimes hold an anger and then mm. it comes out wrong ways sometimes. So that's what I was really concerned about putting gotcha. me behind a two ton car or something. <laughs> that's what right. I was really concerned about that. But wow. I, Even I, that I, self-awareness legend, like yeah, it's I, huge. I, I feel I like, like I'm going to fall off my chair every time you guys start talking because (laughs) his self-awareness is so like phenomenal yeah so much more than even his dad and I I mean any of us are just like well I can see a legend like even just sitting here talking yeah yeah and it's you know it's pretty neat for me to be able to know you I mean it's only months ago uh but there's a huge change. It's it's nice for me as a rad mom that isn't in this situation to, to see this happening for another mom and son. That's amazing. Like it's so heartwarming and hopeful because what, 12 years, but you made it and it wasn't yeah, easy. Yeah. So did you think you would ever, like looking back at all those hard years, Heather and legend, right? Did you ever think this would you would be sitting here today, joking, self-aware, your mom rubs your back to help you. And there's no pulling away. There's no angst that, oh, my rad kid is coming home back into the house. Like what? So did you ever, I mean, did you ever think this would be you? No, I, no, honestly, no, there are some points that you know, for instance, my permit and graduating high school and all that. And every time something big like that happens, there's always the words always come out of my mouth going, I never thought that would happen, or I never thought mm. that this day would happen or something like that. So, right. but yeah. But you made it happen. And I think, yep. I think yeah. for a rad kid, I mean, it's very hard to, when you don't have any value in yourself because mm-hmm. no one else has valued you, how do you set a goal and attain exactly. that? because it's just too hard and mm-hmm. it, and you're just going to fail or be, you know, if it, I mean, not that you are, but right. the, the mentality is I'm not even worthy enough for someone, the original people, the, the, the people that are in, you know, intuitively in, in from birth supposed mm-hmm. to take care of you and there's that loss. And so it's really like, but it's really hard to set a goal. But the funny thing has been once he re- attained one goal, like, yeah. It's easier each time. Sure. Yeah. You know, just you get on a roll mm-hmm. from there. Yeah. Yeah. And it, every negative, every positive thing shuts down a negative yeah. voice right. inside. And Heather, you probably hoped to be, I mean, we all, what rad parent or any parent doesn't hope to be in this situation. Right. But you may have hoped for it, but you, did you really think it would happen? I'll be honest. I didn't think we would live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, I did not know how I was going to make it through till he was 18, till I could get him out because 
I didn't sleep. You sleep with one eye open. You have mm-hmm. alarms on doors. You're always on. You, I used to tell my husband, the minute your eyes open or your other eye opens, you have to be prepared for mental warfare. And mm-hmm. it was a battle. And, and I've even gone to my other son and I said, did it happen? Like, I can't remember anything. And my therapist says, that's because grief wants you to remember and trauma doesn't. Exactly. It Right now, I mean, we're in a good spot and there'll be, the beauty is that sometimes something will come up and I'm like, oh yeah, remember when you X, Y, Z, but we can laugh about it Mm -hmm. now. It doesn't hurt, but I absolutely never, like, just like he never saw a goal. I never saw us. I never saw the end. Mm-mm. I never saw like there'd be a little light at the end of the tunnel was just, he's going away. And then when they said he's ready to come home, I literally called Amy and was in a full blown panic. And she's like, what I hear in her sweet little calm voice that mm-hmm. I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And she's like, he doesn't have to come home. You bring him home and send him to the next place. And I was like, right. oh, okay. We can do that. Like, right. <laughs> where can he go? You know, yeah. so. And when he first came home, it was a little bit of that. Like we were working on it, but it was almost like allowing yourself to say, well, we can just get divorced. Mm-hmm. So well, he can just go somewhere else. So when it would get tough, I'd be like, let's check out job court. Let's check out. Right. The next, you know, let's do this. Let's do that. Instead of even seeing the end. And, yeah. and when he moved out, it was about four weeks he was gone and I tanked and I couldn't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do, I didn't eat. I got out of bed to get my daughter on the school bus and I went back to bed and I got out of bed to get her off the bus and I laid on the couch. And yeah. I remember, you know, my husband was like, what's, you know, I said, well, I got off the couch today or I got out of bed today. And he's like, you know, what can I do? Like for him, he just couldn't fix it. And right. I couldn't explain to him that I had spent so long, just like you said in your podcast, like you knew you were going to die from this. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. my body could only handle so much. And so I remember looking at my middle son and I looked at him and I said, I can't get anybody to understand that I can't control this. My body is shutting down. I can't do this. I have to shut down. And like my brain, everything just, I remember it just feeling like it went offline. Remember Mm -hmm. back in the day when we didn't have 24 seven TV and it's like, Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. and I 12 o'clock never, hits. Yeah. Exactly. Done. <laughs> like day three, I'm laying in my bed. It's like one o'clock in the morning. And you know, when you power up your computer and it's like, Ooh, mm-hmm. I felt that. And it was like, all of a sudden I'm back on, I got this, I got what I needed, but it also taught me like rest when you need. And you don't, no one's going to die. If you don't get the laundry done today, or no one's going to die. It, you know, right. Because the only one laying in bed and can't get out for a couple of days. Right. And I didn't allow myself that even before legend, because I made a deal with myself when I got married to never let my husband see. I thought that was weakness. Mental illness was weakness. That's how I was raised. And so I couldn't let anybody see it. So I suffered from depression and then postpartum depression. And then, so I had this junk going on already. And it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Most of us parents usually have a little bit of junk going on anyway. Yes, we do. Bring some more crazy in, you know, like, yeah, it's like, but that's where our heart is, you know, it's just, I did not ever see it to answer your question. I never saw this. Well, I love what you said about, and I, I just want to repeat it because I think it was really profound or what your therapist said is grief wants you to remember and trauma doesn't that is big. 
What, what would you like to say to families that are struggling or kids that have reactive attachment disorder or to their parents? You know, this is a really hopeful story and I'm so glad it's out there. And I know it's not everybody's story, but is there anything that you would tell people to help them get through that, even if this isn't their ending? I mean, my number one thing I've always said is, you know, the famous words, um, <laughs> your child or kid or the person that's listening, you, they've got to make the choice to make the change to get better. Like mom said, you know, the therapist could give them all the treatment, all everything they need in the world. And if the kid doesn't make the choice to make the change, they're not going to get better. So it's really the choice that you have to make. So, yeah. And then once you make that choice, you can go ahead and figure out what you can do there and keep pushing through. But it's that first initial step to make that choice. Right. So, so you made that choice. How hard was it once you did that to start doing the work? And now how good does it feel that, or how does it feel? I mean, it looks like it feels good because you're smiling, but <laughs> how hard yeah. was it to do that work? And then how does it feel on the other side of that after making that decision? Well, when I first started after I made the initial choice was, it was terrible. I like, <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can keep this up, you know? And then finally I, it was like, uh, I don't want to go to another family. So I'm just going to keep pushing through this. And fast forward to today with that mom asking me, Hey, did you do this, this, and this? Just want to clarify if you did this, this, and this. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I did that. Or I can, I can go up to, to mom and tell her, mom, I'm feeling mad. I'm feeling because of this, this, this mm -hmm. happened or, you know, whatever. Because I made that choice to make that change and go through all the therapy and everything. It's easier and on the other side to do what you were doing when it was hard. Yeah. So the things I was doing when I was, after I made the choice, that was hard. And I was like, I don't want to go through it. Yeah. You could go ahead and push through that. It's, you can do those things easier. And you survived. And does it, do you feel lighter? Do you feel freer? D yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel like I'm walking around. It, honestly, it doesn't, it, I used to, or I can't remember if mom used to say it or ever, but it feels like before there'd be a giant umbrella mm -hmm. and everyone would be under it and I would be on the outside. That's what it felt like. And it was raining. But now it feels like everybody's in the inside. So including me. So, right. that's what, you know, yeah, but I think it's great that you're pointing that out, that it, it really does eventually have to come from the person. I think yeah. that lets a lot of parents, I don't want to say off the hook, you're not on a hook, but just maybe some, some comfort in knowing that, that as much as you do and try and control, really, there is no magic bullet and it really has to come from the child. So that might help parents kind of take a little bit of pressure off themselves. Yeah. Right. And thanks for sharing that and for being so honest and vulnerable, because as I'm listening, you know, we're saying some things and talking about you, like you're not here sometimes, yeah. right. And this can't be easy to hear. And you're just taking it in stride. I think that just shows to you how much connection and uh and growth there is that you can sit and see it for what it is and that it's not somebody 
saying it to hurt you. It's just talking about where you were and where you are now. That's, that's huge. Yep. Yeah. And how about you, Heather? What it's something that I just thought of when you said that was we're, we have been in this together for 12 years. Yeah. It's been him and I, cause he hated me. Yeah. He didn't hate Heather. He hated the person I represented, the, the figure that I represented. Right. But we, so to be on the other side and get to enjoy each other, we're gonna like, if we're gonna sit here, like he and I can hang out all day long. That's not to say I don't want to smack him sometimes. <laughs> and it's not to say he doesn't get frustrated with me. I mean, we're all human. He's not yes. perfect. I am not perfect, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but it's always been us in the ugly, in the bad. So it's mm. also us in the good, you yeah. know, but I think for me, if somebody could have taught, told me anything, I would have done several things differently. I said it before too. I would stop trying in the beginning because, because I didn't know, mm-hmm. I tried to protect everyone else from the disorder. And so by protecting everyone, I took it all on. And then by the time I needed other people to see it, I couldn't let it go Yeah, because it made me look crazy. Yeah. And so if I'm able to, just like now, I'm going away next week, I'll be gone for several days, but it's like, we have a little one at home and I am at home working from home, doing everything. You know, the other night it was like, does she know what time she's going to bed? You're a parent too. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, but it's like, we moms just get in that cycle yeah. of healing everything. Yeah. And so yeah. I am joyfully anticipating dad getting up and getting her on the bus, somebody getting her off the bus, dad, putting her to bed, you know, that whole six days of dad, 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 yeah. dad, some other people need to experience it. And if yes. you away, like when you talked about just, you got, you know, you would go sit at the, the parking lot of the gym, like yeah. the other caregiver needs to have the opportunity. Yes to get the experience mm-hmm. in order to make it better. Because until they get that experience, the disorder is going to triangulate. The disorder is one every single time. Yeah. And I think for me, um, I have a very dear friend whose son is a drug addict and in his forties. And we just watched going, when is he going to find his rock bottom? When is he, go- is he going, is it going to be death? Uh-huh. Because no one's going to stop drinking or doing drugs or eat better or whatever until they have to until they make the decision, you know? And so it's hard to, it's hard to understand. And um, so for other parents, I think really just letting it go and being able to say, whatever, like sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to say, I don't care, even though you do care and then find your friend that you can just get it all out with. And, and uh, my very wise therapist told me regarding another situation in our family, (laughs) to just make whatever that thing is that is causing me the issue to make it a game to see how often I can find it. And then like give my, like it was, it was something my husband and I both noticed and we couldn't say anything. So instead of me getting all frustrated about it, we just made a joke. We just made a game. So every time it happened, we'd look at each other and kind of smile. Right. And that made it not so bad, but Mm -hmm. I didn't have a partner when we were going through rad because Mm -hmm. dad didn't see it. My oldest stepped in and became the pseudo husband in Uh protector mode. So that caused their relationship to be like nearly non-existent because in his eyes, he wasn't taking care of his wife. So he wasn't taking care of my mom. So he needs to, he's not trustworthy. Yeah. Yeah, Trustworthy. And so, you know, 
it, it just all goes back. We look at it as neurotypical people like that person hurt me. You know, I want to walk away this and that, this and that, but we, we take these little kids. That's what I was going to say. Trauma, Tra the grief wants you to remember the trauma says, you know, no way these kids can't tell you what happened to them. I can't say legend. Talk to me about what happened to you. He will tell you to this day. He can tell you from like coming home from Colorado forward, but he cannot tell you like if, if we're asked by others, we have been asked recently, like to tell our story mm -hmm. and he defers to me for birth to 15 yeah. mm -hmm. because he doesn't know. And because trauma won't let you remember and trauma, that's what made them survive. These kids survive yeah. because they don't remember. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's a protective mechanism yeah. because it's so, so awful, right? It makes them so resilient. Hey, legend, did you deep down or somewhere, it doesn't even have to be like an intellectual knowing, but just like a feeling all along, did you feel that someday this was going to change for you and you were going to be better? Not a date, like you didn't have the date, you didn't know when, or maybe you did know when, but did you know someday this wasn't going to, like you were going to change and it wasn't going to be this way or no? The only feeling I ever had was when I mentally knew that I was going to make that choice. I mean, <clears throat> I knew that after I started doing the work and everything, there was going to be some type of better outcome. Yeah. But before making that decision, did you at times have thoughts about not a clue? This isn't always no, not a clue. Okay. No. Yeah. I just I just was curious if somewhere inside of you was like, I'm I'm gonna make this change. I don't know when, but I'm gonna do it. No. Okay. Yeah. And as a mom, when he was not living with me, he was very close to his biological family. He was in proximity physically. And I said, Do you want to look? his father has passed away or his biological dad has passed away. But I said, do you want to, you know, you can look her up. There's just, mm -hmm. you both have the, your sister has the same mom. So there has to be some anonymity until she gets to choose. Right. And what did you say when I said, do you want to go look her up? I remember it was like, uh, no. Cause I'd probably punch her. Oh, <laughs> Like, no, I don't need to yeah. see her. I don't need to look her up, you know? Right. And I think that was a testament to letting go of those old, mm -hmm. we all hang on to our crutches. Mm -hmm. Like I'll hang on to ice cream till I die, you know, yeah. like that's my comfort food. And so he just has let that go and, mm -hmm. and, and let himself heal and feel. And yeah. And that's the trauma. It does hold you back, right? It keeps you stuck at that place, right? You want your stuff back. You want to be, have things to be how they were, Cause that's what you know, and that's what you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to, yeah, because a lot of kids fixate on finding or going back to the biological family or things were better. If I just get out of here and, and to be able to now, let go of that. And that's not holding you and you're just free to move forward. That is remarkable. Yeah. I just think everything talking to you, it's just so great. And it's not everybody's story, but it's a hopeful one and it shows possibility. And I wish the listeners could see the smiles and the laughter and just the body language these two are having such a great time and you can really see and feel connection. You know, you're no longer enemies. You're right. closer to partners yep. on the same team under the same umbrella now. Yep. Yep. 
thanks guys. I'm so glad that you're here and legend. It's kind of fun to follow you. I mean, it hasn't been very long, but we had the sibling talk. You've gone away and come back. And I thought you guys were doing so fantastic then you and your mom as well. And now to even see it flourishing even more is incredible. So thanks for both being here and sharing your, your story, the update. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I hope you'll be back to listen to future episodes. If you like the show, please subscribe and help me spread the word by clicking share and like. If you're a parent who needs more support, whether it's for you or your family, please check out my website at radtalkwithtracy.com and visit radadvocates.org.